Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the book of Sirach. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. What is too sublime for you, seek not. Into things beyond your strength, search not. The mind of a sage appreciates proverbs, and an attentive ear is the joy of the wise. Water quenches a flaming fire, and alms atone for sins. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. The just rejoice and exult before God. They are glad and rejoice. Sing to God, chant praise to His name, whose name is the Lord. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. The father of orphans and the defender of widows is God in His holy dwelling. God gives a home to the forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. A bountiful rain you showered down, O God, upon your inheritance. You restored the land when it languished. Your flock settled in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided it for the needy. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, you have not approached that which could be touched in a blazing fire and gloomy darkness, and storm and a trumpet blast, and a voice speaking words such that those who heard begged that no further message be addressed to them. No, you have approached Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and countless angels in festal gathering and the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and God the judge of all, and the spirits of the just made perfect, and Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Take my yoke upon you, says the Lord, and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. 
When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors, in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Is God scary or is He attractive? Is He so mighty and powerful that we tremble and fear to even come near Him? Or is He so inviting that we run towards Him like we would run to a little baby to greet and to honor? Or is He both at the same time? Brothers and sisters, what we know of God in His revealed Word, by His interventions in human history, and by our experience of Him at different times in our lives and in the lives of believers throughout the ages, the answer to this is He's both. At the same time, God doesn't change. And yet we see both of those, these realities in God. God shows Himself to be mighty and powerful. In fact, it's quite intimidating when he asks Job, for example, those powerful questions. And he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth and commanded the, the stars to be put into place? And have you ever commanded the sun to rise? He asks a whole series of questions of Job, showing indeed the difference between the Almighty and us mere creatures. He furthermore gives his people a rather terrifying experience at Mount Sinai. And we see in the book of Exodus and we see it referenced in the book of Deuteronomy where God is giving the law to Moses. He summons him up to come up to the mountain but he says to the people don't come any closer to the mountain. He sets up a boundary. And he says, if, if man or beast were to even touch the mountain, they must die. And there was lightning and thunder and thick darkness and fear. Even Moses was afraid. The God of power and might was showing himself. 
And yet you have God, the same God, who does not change, mind you, brothers and sisters. He has never changed for all eternity. He cannot change. This same God speaking through the prophets saying, I will bind them with bands of love. I, your maker, have become your husband. I will embrace them with tenderness and mercy. And then, of course, the incarnation itself happens where God is a little baby. You want to know that he is as attractive and approachable as a baby? Well, the fact is he became one. Same God. The same God. In none of these instances when he reveals himself either as awesome, mighty, and powerful or gentle and merciful and tender and tiny, in neither of those instances does he change one bit. The tiny baby is the all-powerful God. The all-powerful, majestic God is the approachable baby. We have to meditate on this. We've got to gain an appreciation for this because it matters to us. It matters. It shapes our own attitude towards Him. We are to never take for granted His power, His majesty, His judgment because of the fact that He makes Himself approachable, nor are we able ever to, should we ever forget His tender mercies when we are reflecting on His awesome power. Now, this comes out in today's readings. We have here in the second reading... You know, the letter to the Hebrews is reflecting on that very incident that I was uh, just relating to you as well about his fiery, thunderous appearance on Mount Sinai. And the letter to the Hebrews refers to that. A mountain with blazing fire, gloomy darkness, storm, trumpet blast, and a word spoken such that the people didn't want to hear anymore. And they were afraid, and they said to Moses, You, you, you approach God for us. Don't let us go near, lest we die. And God, of course, did, Moses, of course, did approach him, received the stone tablets with the commandments, and came back down with the code of the covenant. This mighty, awesome God was creating a community. The code of the covenant. The Ten Commandments are like chapter headings. There were a lot of other prescriptions and rules and regulations by which they were to live. These regulations embodying truthfulness, fairness, love and care for the poor, justice towards one's neighbor, as well as the prescriptions of how to worship God. And this was a way of life that the whole community was to live. God was entering into a covenant. And the people were to belong to a covenant community where he would be their God, he would be their people, and they would live according to a certain way because of not just that God said so, but because of who God is. People were to be truthful with one another because God is truth. People were to respect life because God is life. So he creates this community defined by the commandments. And yet the people are afraid at that moment they see the awesome God. You know, there's a phrase in Christian theology, mysterium tremendum. God, that it's tremendous, awesome mystery. Mysterium tremendum et fascinosum, attractive to us. Now Moses, you may recall, communing with God on the mountain, gets transformed by him. 
Moses spoke to him as a friend speaks to a friend face to face. And you may recall, Scripture tells us that in being transformed by him with this intimacy with God, Moses' face became radiant. And so not only did the people become afraid of approaching the mountain, they eventually became afraid of approaching Moses himself. And he had to wear a a veil over his face because it was so scary to see the radiance coming from it, radiance that he had received from his intimacy with God. The people were afraid of him. Now, the writer to the Hebrews relays all this. And then he says, For you, it is not this scary mountain. For you, and we can say, my friends, for us right here, right now, at this altar, at this Mass, it is the city of the living God, Jesus and the blood that speaks more eloquently than Abel's. The assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. You and me. We should run to this community. See, God still has his community. God always forms a community. He doesn't just save us individually. It's not just, you know, me and God individually, secret and private. Nobody else has anything to do with it. No, we all have everything to do with it. We're all brought up into this life of God together. And we are literally enrolled in heaven because Jesus is incarnate. He has now taken upon himself our human nature. So the community God was forming with the code inscribed on those tablets and articulated through Moses is now the uh, the growth of the, the same community, covenant relationship with God, But now that code is written on our hearts through the Holy Spirit given by Jesus who shares our human nature. And so we're even closer to God. If Moses got transformed on the mountain so that his face was radiant, what the author of the Hebrews is telling us is that now the same thing has happened to us. It's not just that we look, oh my goodness, look at Moses. He entered into into that communion with God and now he's glowing. Now we are all glowing. Paul says, do you not know that Christ Jesus is in you? You died with him in baptism. You rose with him. You are now seated with him in glory in the heavenly places. You are already sharing now the life of heaven. You have been transformed. Now that's the basis of the community. You are Branches on the living vine, living stones in the living temple of the body of Christ. You are members of his body all together. And we have all been able to drink of the same spirit. Here we are, assembled at the Mount Zion, the city of the living God. And the angels are with us and the spirits of just men made Perfect, perfect, the transformation from glory to glory, as Paul tells us, that we are all undertaking. And it talks about Jesus' blood, and it says it speaks more eloquently than Abel's. Remember, Abel's blood spoke, spoke, because Cain killed him, 
and the ground swallowed up the blood. His blood was innocent. Innocent blood does not get shed on the land without crying out to God. And it cries out to God in a way that all the people on the land must answer for it. Well, that blood and the blood of all the innocent who are killed, and we think especially of the, the massive slaughter of children in the womb, which fortunately now is beginning to recede because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that blood cries out. That blood demands an answer. And praise God, we have the blood of Jesus, the innocent God-made man, that speaks even more eloquently. In other words, that blood says to the Father, Father, forgive them, reconcile them. I have incorporated them into my body. Now give them the salvation, forgiveness, and life that they need. This is what we are entering into here in the Mass. This new community. Now, it's the same God. The same God who's going to make himself so approachable now that he becomes our food in the Eucharist. Not only does he become a baby in the Incarnation, we see that baby at Christmas, but he becomes our food. He's as approachable as bread. The bread has been changed into him. And we come together in festal rejoicing so intimate with God that we now are the ones who have been transformed. But let's not forget, this God is no different than the one who made the mountain itself tremble. Mysterium tremendum et fascinosum. We run away. We want to run away. We tremble with fear if we really understand who God is. And yet we run to him like we run to a baby, like we run to bread when we are hungry. Mysterium tremendum et fascinosum. The God who forms a community that comes ever deeper and deeper into his love, into his life, that becomes ever more transformed, ever more like him. And that's the basis for what we hear in this gospel passage today. When you hold a banquet. Now, holding a banquet doesn't just mean holding a banquet. Jesus is talking about the way we live our lives in every circumstance. When you, hear, when you hold a banquet, invite the outcasts, the weak, the poor, the lame, the blind, the crippled. Invite those who cannot repay you. Don't be looking for a reward all the time. Don't be looking for, oh, I'm going to do this person a favor now. How's that person going to do a favor back to me? Oh, I got, you know, you keep a kind of a credit list. And, oh, this person owes me and this other person owes me. Forget about owing. We don't want anybody to owe us anything. We want to love with the generosity of God. God gives without us giving anything to Him. How can we give anything to Him aside from what He Himself already gave us? When you hold a lunch or dinner, invite those who cannot repay you because when you invite those who cannot repay you, then you have treasure in heaven. Then you will be blessed and you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Why is it like this? Because 
that community now that God has formed around himself is open to everyone because God has become a baby because Jesus emptied himself. He shed his blood. It speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. He forgives our debt. He raises us up. He reconciles us. He sets us free from sin. He sets us free from everything standing between us and God and everything standing between us and our neighbor. That's why he's able to say, Love one another as I have loved you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Overcome every barrier to loving. Let no difference that your neighbor has with you stand in the way of forming a community gathered in festal gathering around Mount Zion with the angels, with the blood of Jesus, with the transformation of the Spirit. This is open by definition to everyone. Nobody has to be afraid because now the radiance on Moses' face does not require a veil and does not require people to back off in fear from him. Now the radiance on the faces of all of us in the Spirit of Christ is precisely what draws us together. It has changed now. God hasn't changed, but it has changed for us because now we are further along in the plan of salvation. Now God has opened up the, the treasure houses of salvation and now the radiance of His Spirit coming through us, attracts us to one another and to Mount Zion. No longer do we run from the mountain. We can come into intimacy with God and touching the mountain, we no longer fear that we will die. Touching the mountain, now we know that we will live. It is the fountain of life. Lord, I run in the way of your commandments, for there I find life. Lord, fill me with your spirit of life. We have a lot to rejoice in, don't we? We have a lot to take part in. We have a lot to hold on to. And friends, we have a lot to proclaim to the world. This is why we are the people of life. This is why we build a culture of life. This is why we can be absolutely confident in eternal life. What a gift has been given to us. Let us continue to grow during this Mass and every hour of every day into the people of life that God has created us to be. There is another saying in Christian theology, become who you are. These readings have shown us who we are. We have to become every day, every hour, more of who we are. And God will allow us to do that, to become clearer in our proclamation of His Word, to become more generous, more kind, more glowing with the very face of Christ. May it be so. Let us rejoice in this gift and let us proclaim it to all the world. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.